0: Y'all want to turn in your Bibles this morning, the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 4, <clears throat> Ecclesiastes in chapter 4, while you're turning there, Chris, you said I am not exempt, and you're absolutely right. I, I will tell you that God spent several years putting me in the mission field and doing things, and it taught me, um, it taught me the heart of a missionary, um, it, it taught me the the bravery, um it's easy to understand how people don't go if they're not called because of the fear and when god calls people he removes the fears and the the things that are there and he also unites the heart of a family he doesn't call one out of a family so i had to learn a lot of things but the biggest thing that i had to learn and i know this the biggest thing god had to teach me by going overseas because i was raised here in the south and there's a lot of negative thinking as he's talking about, a lot of pathetic, foolish, stupid thinking. Ain't no kids in world. I got in trouble last time I said stupid. God had to teach me how to love people. All people. The kind of people you love, you know, different skin color, different language, different nationalities, different everything. God God had to teach me how to love people and break down some things. And, and, and so God actually took me backwards. He, he had to teach me some things before he could put me here. And I'm very thankful that God has put me here. And I'm also very prayerful that he'll let me stay here. I'm going to go where he says, but I'm going to cry all the way there. <laughs> I do need your help with something. You showed a flag up there that I don't see. Is that that country's flag? Do you see that flag on that wall right there? I need you to do me a favor. Ms. Sylvia Estes is right by here. I need you to get with me after and help me get. These aren't just hanging over decorations. This represents every country that we have a missionary. That's what the flags are for, and that's what these over here, your names over there that we remember to pray for our missionaries. So I, I need you to help me get one of those flags. If you don't mind, just get online. We'll order one. I'll get it here. But um, I, I didn't know we were missing one. But at any rate, so, so Ecclesiastes chapter 4, before I read the passage this morning, you know, a couple months ago at a men's prayer meet down here on a Tuesday night, I, I shared some things with the men. <coughs> I have since shared that with you, but I want to bring it to remembrance this morning because it sets the stage, not only, I think, for this week, but maybe for a few weeks to come. As I was praying for the prayer meeting, and I was praying for the men, I was praying for the church, and, and I know you think, well, well why you pray for a prayer meeting? Well, it's called prayer, and, and, and you're praying ahead that God would take us as a church and that God would take us as men of faith. To, to a place, and I was, I was praying, and I've I reminded you that Paul Hutchins told me one time that a good leader will take people where they want to go. But a great leader will take people where they need to go. God is a great leader. God is good at everything, but God is a great leader. So since we have a great leader, I was praying, and I, I was asking God to, to take us where we need to go. I know God has a direction. I know He has a plan. He said, I know the plans that I have for you. That's every individual, but that's also for the church. God has a vision. God has a direction. And I was asking God, will you take us to the place where we need to go, that we be the church you need us to be? I told the men, I shared it with you. God said, I can't take you there yet. Because you're not ready yet. See, that tells me God's got to shape some things, mold some things, gain some things. It tells me that God has a place for us, and God has a work for us, but we ain't ready yet. There may be some storms we haven't been through yet. There may be some rough seas we haven't sailed yet. I don't know what God's got to do to shape us, but I do know this. I want to be what God wants us to be. And I want to be where God wants us to be. So God, God told, and I share that with you, that, that we're not ready. Well, since then, God has given me four lessons on the simplicity of serving God. I mean, you, you, want, you want to please God? The Bible says, what does God expect from you? What is it that the Lord requires to do just and to walk humbly with thy God? You want to please God? Just do right. It's not that complicated. Just do right. You want to be like Christ. Peter made it incredibly simple. He said Christ just went about doing good. You want to be like Jesus? I understand we won't be like Christ till we see him. We shall see him as he is. And, and I understand that. But our goal is to be as much like Christ on this side of the grave as we can be. You want to be like Christ? He just went about doing good. So we go about doing good. Do, do you want to fulfill the commandments of God? Relatively simple. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. Don't put anything before God. Don't bow down and worship any idols. Don't bow down and worship football, baseball, basketball, soccer, golf, shopping, lake, picnicking. Don't bow down to idols. Just worship God. Put God first, and and then the second is like unto it, love thy neighbor as thyself. It's really not all that hard. So God has been teaching me the simplicity of serving Him. It's really not a difficult task. This morning... I knew we had a few things going on, and I knew I was going to be late getting started. So I'm going to do a very abbreviated part one. I already knew we'd be late. I already knew the choir was going to go over with the kids. You don't want to miss next Sunday. The choir and the children and, and the merge and focus. they're all singing a song together. That's why they all went over there. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for all of them to be up here and, and to be singing. And to be honest, we just all get to worship together. You don't want to miss that, but, but I don't want to miss what God's got today. I don't want to get you too far forward thinking. I just want to make sure you come. You guys on live stream, YouTube, you're out of town. God bless you. Be back next Sunday. Invite somebody. Bring them next Sunday. Let's fill the house next Sunday. I will say this. When, when I knew I was going to be late, I did not know that the Holy Spirit was going to get a hold of Daniel. and he's going to come tell the choir to sing that song. Glory to God, brother. Where'd that come from? I might put some more people on the camera. I don't know the Holy Spirit got all up in the camera, but Greg got in the choir. That's why I'm full-time. Listen, once you get in, ain't no getting out. It's a done deal now. So, so I, you know, the Holy Spirit shows up, just got to get out of the way. So I didn't realize I'd be quite as late. But we're going to look at kind of an abbreviated part one on the subject of, of unity. So our text this morning comes Course from Ecclesiastes, I told you, chapter 4, written by Solomon, son of David, um, considered to be one of the wisest men, if not the wisest man, to have ever lived. He starts out the book talking about vanities of vanity. He tries to help us understand that all of the things that we strive for so hard. All of the things that we work for and we kill our bodies and we kill our family and we kill everything in, in time, devoting everything in to trying to make the almighty dollar. He says it's all vanity. He says every dime that you leave behind is going to be somebody else's to spend. The house is going to be left. Hebrews 9, 27 says, appointed unto man once to die. Every one of us are leaving out of here. we were checking out. It's not a bad thing. Glory to God, Right? We will see his face to be absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. Not necessarily a bad thing, but but when you check out that house, it's just going to be somebody else's to live in. You're going to leave the car behind, it's going to be somebody else's to drive. You're going to leave the boat and the four wheeler and all the toys, it's going to be somebody else's to play with. Everything that we have that is worldly, he tells us that it's all vanity. All the things that we strive, that we pour so much emotion, so much effort into, it's all just vanity and life is but a vapor. And in a matter of time, the vapor is going to be gone. And all that's going to matter is who did you tell about Jesus? The only thing you can take with you is the souls of those around you. But glory to God, we can take them. Take our family, take our take our friends. So So here... In Ecclesiastes chapter 4, I want to read just a few passages beginning in verse number 9. Solomon says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fail, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe unto him that is alone when he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, they have heat. How can one be warm alone? If one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord, the Bible says, is not quickly broken. You know, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He, he, he told us so. He came to, to preach the gospel. He told us so. He, he says that he came to heal the brokenhearted. He, he came to preach deliverance to the captives. Thank you, Jesus. He came to set us free from chains. He he told us so. He came to to set at liberty them that are bruised. Anybody say thank you. He he came to give spiritual sight to the spiritual blind. That would be me. I once was blind, but now what? Why? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ and the filling of the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. So, So Jesus came that whosoever will might be saved. But Jesus also came to build his church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He told us so. Jesus came so that we might be one. As he and the Father are one. He told us so. So I want to look at a message this morning on the simple fact we're better together. God, thank you so much for this precious book. God, that you'd even allow us to touch such a holy writing, such a holy thought. God, that you'd allow us to read your handwritten words. God, that you would pass it on to us, Father. God, your love for us is unlimited and God, we can't even begin to grasp how much you love us, Father, that you wouldn't just send your only begotten Son to die for us, and you wouldn't just send your Holy Spirit back to fill us and to teach us, but that you'd give us a love letter to tell us everything that we need to know to help us get through this life. All instruction, all correction, all reproof is all in here, God. Thank you so much for this precious book. God, thank you for your sweet Holy Spirit. God, I pray you continue to move in this place this morning. God, I pray you'd touch our hearts, our lives, our souls. I pray that you'd bend us, shape us, and mold us into the image that you'd have us to be. I pray that you'd unite us. I pray that you'd bind us as one, God. I pray would you move mountains, break chains, God. I pray you'd restore that that needs restoring and push down that that needs pushing down and build up that that needs to be built up, God. I pray that your perfect will be accomplished in this place on this day. We love you, God. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' precious, sweet, and holy name. All of God's people said, Amen. So here in our text this morning, Solomon's making a point that two is better than one. The threefold cord is not easily broken, so three is better than two. So the truth is, we as Christians, we all need each other. Now, you may not think you need me, and you might well not, but you need somebody. One of the things that God has done a phenomenal job of teaching me over the years, coming out of a self-employed business world and working to where I came out with that type A mentality of do it yourself, you know it's right, and I don't need anybody. Is God, God's had to break all of that. God's had to teach me that I, I, I need everybody, especially this church. I need, I need God, I need Christ, but I need you. I, I need my brothers and sisters in Christ. And the truth is, we all need each other. We all need church. There was until school's in. We we crept back up to about seventy in here Wednesday night, and I, I hope you guys will come on back. It'd be good to get back up to about a hundred on Wednesday night, but um we're going through a bible study book of acts how it applies our life i'd love you i'd love to have you here on wednesday night and make sure you bring your kids there's so much going on that they can learn the gospel but but i told them on wednesday night i want to share it with you robin read something to me on monday i'm not sure where she got it from but she said hey this is good we're we're sitting there getting ready for the Braves game to come on right they kept us up late last night i know y'all sleepy we'll be out in a few minutes but they pulled it out right She said, if church isn't important, then tell me why the devil tries so hard to keep you from going. If church isn't important, then why is it that the flesh, hello, why is it that the old way of life, why is it that the world around you, which the devil is the father of, if church isn't important, then why is it that everything around us that is evil and negative and against God tries so hard to keep us from gathering here? Because the truth is, church is important. Because God created us to be a family. God created us to be one. I, I know, I use John thirteen thirty five. Literally all the time, but I don't know how else to say it. You can't say anything any better than Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, said himself. And he said, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. How? That ye have love one for another. You want the world to know you're a Christian? You want the world to know that you're sold out for God and that you're washed in the blood of Jesus? of the church. Love the fellowship. We have love one for another. John chapter 17, Jesus is praying. He's there at the Garden of Gethsemane. This is just before he's arrested. This is just before he's carried and put on trial and then crucified. And he's in the garden and he's praying. Did you know that Jesus called you out specifically in that prayer? He's praying for the disciples here in John chapter 17. And in verse number 18, he says, As thou hast sent me, he's talking to the Father. This is Jesus speaking, written in red. I'm not sure if we got one left. If we don't get rid of these lightning storms, we ain't going to have a projector left in the house. But that's all right. We're going to still have the Word of God written, right? He said, as thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. He's got the disciples there. He's praying for the disciples. He says, for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. But then Jesus brings you and I into the conversation. He says, neither pray I, verse number 20, John chapter 17, neither pray I these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me Through their word, the Holy Spirit used their hands to write the word of God, to put it out so that through their word, we have been taught the gospel. Amen? Those that believe on them through their word. And here's what Jesus prayed for us. Put up the next verse. That they may all be what? That they may all be one. As thou, Father, oh, it's back there. That thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be what? One in us. That the world may believe that thou hast sent me. But then in verse number 22, he says, The glory which thou gavest me, I have given them Why? That they might be one. Even as we are, how many? Then why is the church so divided? If Jesus Christ paid the way to make us one, united us with the Father to make us one, united us together in the blood of Jesus Christ to make us one, wrote our name in the same Lamb's book of life in the blood of the Lamb of God to make us one, then why does the church stand so divided? The fact is, we need the church. We all need everybody. Paul Hutchins, I want to say, is an incredible director. Of He's alive, but honestly, Paul Hutchins is incredible everything. He's an incredible man of God. He's an incredible mentality. He's an incredible teacher, best I've ever seen. Men do not miss next Sunday night. Do not miss. Ladies got to have theirs last week. Next Sunday is our turn. Paul Hutchins is teaching next Sunday night. Invite you. If Paul Hutchins is teaching, you don't ever want to miss it. That's all I know to tell you. Paul Hutchins is an incredible director of He's Alive. Somebody agree? But he's not, he's alive. It takes the whole church. Those songs meant something to us this morning because they came out of He's Alive. You know why they meant something to us? Because we we just did that back around Easter, and that was a play, and we saw over 200 souls come to Christ as a personal Lord and Savior, and it means something to us because it was part of a program. But but Paul is a great director, but but he's not. He's alive. Dale is a phenomenal director of Judgment Journey. You have no idea the hours. Holly Prather says, amen. Men, you have no idea the hours that goes into Judgment Journey. I don't mean hours, into, I mean weeks, months. It literally is almost a year's worth of planning it that goes in and all that Dale puts in there. And Dale is phenomenal, but Dale's not Judgment Journey. It takes over 300 people to do Judgment Journey. It takes everybody working together. Miss Frida does a great job down there at the food closet. She's got it stocked, got stuff there, help people out, try to be blessing to people, but she's not the food closet. Come by here on a Thursday, and you'll see a small army of people down there working, handing out food, ministering, witnessing to people, trying trying to help people. It it takes everybody working together. Warren Brooks did a great job with the barbecue, getting it cooked, making sure he and Matt got together, lining people up, getting the tents up. And because of that, over 25 people were led to the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior by handing out some barbecue on a street corner on a Saturday afternoon. But he's not the barbecue giveaway. It takes all of us. It takes us working in in one accord. We will be a great church to be used greatly by God when we learn how important everybody sitting around us is. We'll be a great church when we learn that to come into this house is to come into this house to bring praise to the Lamb of God, to come in and to worship a risen Savior, to come in and lift high the banner of the Lord Jesus Christ, and to come in and to lift up one another, pray for one another, not despite, not tear down, not verbally abuse, but when we come in and lift up one another, when we walk out and learn how to pray for one another, pray fervently and effectively, pray continually without ceasing, and in every prayer, give thanks for everybody sitting around us, we can become a great church. But God's got to do some things first. Church is about Christ. But Christ is about community. Not once did Jesus Christ promote individualism. Not once does the Word of God promote individualism. There's one thing in here that is specifically individualism. You cannot be saved based on anybody else's salvation, mom and daddy can't get you there. Preacher, grandpa can't get you there. Your family tradition can't get you there. Singing in the choir can't get you there. Teaching in Sunday school can't get you there. The only thing that can get you there is the blood of the Lamb of God that washes away all sin. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And it is an individual decision. It's up to everybody to make a choice. I am a sinner. I am lost and separated from God. Father, would you forgive me in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Wash away all my sin. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. I want to make a personal choice to serve you. Not with lip service, but with heart service. I want to surrender my life to you. I want to serve you. That is a personal choice. It is the only personal thing. After that, we become a very small part of a great body. That is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll tell you, I'm not a particular fan of Helen Keller, but I like her quote. Alone we can do so little. Together we can do so much. It's more than just coming together. It's learning together. It's studying together. It's praying together. It's growing together. It is worshiping together, working together. Henry Ford said, coming together is the beginning. Keeping together is progress. Working together is success if we want to be the church that God intends for us to be then we're gonna have to learn how to work in one accord no gossip no backbiting no slandering Oh, I'm getting all up in somebody's grill. You want me to give you something? He was talking about anxiety and a lot of stuff. Can I give you a plug-in that not one person in this building is going to do? Not one person on live stream is going to do. Not one person on YouTube is going to do. But I'm going to give it to you anyway. So when you get fed up with your life and all that's going on, you might try to take every social media you've got and get it out of your life. I told you you weren't going to do it. Close Facebook. Get rid of Twitter. Get rid of, what's that other one? See there, y'all know. you want to get the noise out of your life? Get the noise out of your phone, because this is your living, right? I mean, we don't walk. Mine's back there. I'm halfway naked because my phone's left back there. But that's so some of y'all have to text me after church to condemn me about what I'm preaching. You can't do it during church. Why I get off and all that? Where was I preaching at? No gossiping. No, no, listen, don't worry about somebody else's dirt. We got plenty of our own dirt needs washing off. Don't, 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 don't worry about what somebody else got going on in their life. We got plenty going on in our own life. I promise you, if we would work on cleaning up our own messes, we'd have a full time 24-7, 365. If we started cleaning up our messes today and lived another 70 years, we'd beat Jesus still cleaning up messes. But but we're so worried about everybody else's. Everybody else's is messes. Paul wrote a letter to the church at Corinth. In his first letter, the Holy Spirit wrote a letter, and he handed it to the church. Chapter 1, verse number 9. God is faithful, by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, I beseech you, brethren, <clears throat> by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, in that there be how many divisions? None. There be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly what? Joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. As Christians, we're all part of the same body of Christ. We're all part of the same thing. Working. Listen, the eyes may not realize it, but they need the ears. Because they can't hear without them. And life is more than just seeing. The mouth may not realize it, but but it, it needs the hands. Because life is so much more than just speaking, right? All the body parts need it. Scott Gray <clears throat> taught an incredible Sunday school lesson. June 17th, July 17th. July 17th. FaithLagrange.com. Faith website. However you want to do it. Go on the app. But go in there and pull it up July 17th. You You, you don't want to miss it. It was the first time that I had heard him teach when he talked to him in the rock that morning which by the way Scott is the new if you didn't get the one call the new Sunday school teacher over in the rock Sunday school class down on Sunday mornings um we got brother Greg next door we got Vance over next door y'all y'all take an opportunity because God's given some incredible Sunday school teachers but I'm gonna st- I'm gonna steal something from you is that okay preachers are pirates right so so he, he made, he was talking that morning about the necessity of the body, and he was from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, about the body fitly joined together. He's working on things there. <clears throat> but here's what he said. Anybody a visual learner besides me? See, that's why Paul Hutchins is such a great teacher. He always has visuals. I wish, I know y'all going to say, well, you, y'all would be happy who you are. I wish God had made me more like Paul in that. I'm such a visual learner. You'd think he'd give me the ability to do visuals to help somebody learn, right? But, but I, don't, I don't have that. But, but as he was talking about body parts, what he said is it's just an elbow, right? I mean, it can't be very important. It's just an elbow. Here's what he said. I ain't never going to forget it because he gave me a visual. He said, if it's not important, try eating a bowl of cereal without it. Now, I mean, you ain't even going to do it with one of them long DQ plastic spoons All it shows is the importance of every single body part. <clears throat> Ephesians four sixteen says, From whom the whole body fitly joined together, compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. All the body fitly joined together. Together, where there is unity, there is strength. If we're going to reach the lost, if we're going to change the world, if we're going to change our hometown, the slogan's on the front, and it is my prayer. God, help us change this town one soul at a time. Help us to make a difference in this town to change this town that'll change this state, that'll change this region, that'll change This country that'll change the world. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the earth. It's got to start where? Missions are great, but I can't look over there and look past Jerusalem. I can't let my neighbors go to hell while trying to preach to somebody over there. He he says we're to do all, if we're going to be used, if God's going to use us to reach this community while using us to help send people, partner with people that'll go reach those communities, we got to learn how to be in, in one accord we got to be in one accord to do anything, and the enemy will do anything to stop that. Can I tell you that the devil understands the power of unity? The devil understands, listen, he understands that the Word of God says, These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination. He that does what? So with this among the brethren. The devil knows the Word of God. He knows it letter for letter, every detail. He knows exactly what it says. That's why he tries so hard to get you to spread gossip, to get you to spread rumors, to get you to sow discord, because he wants you out of fellowship. He tries so hard to destroy the church from within. The devil knows the power of unity. Keep on, I'm going to lose my voice. The devil knows the power of unity, but he also knows the power of discord. Therefore, he does everything to destroy unity. Can I I tell you this morning? What time is it? I'm almost done, so y'all just don't even worry about it. I promise you. Everybody has the power to stop discord. Everybody has the power to stop confusion. Everybody in this place, everybody on live stream, everybody on YouTube, not just Sunday morning, whatever day you happen to watch this, Everybody has the power to stop gossip. You say, well, how can I stop gossip? That's simple. Don't participate in it. If you don't give an ear, they don't have anybody to talk it to. And if they bring it to you and they spit it out of their mouth before you have time to stop it, correct them, send them on their way, and let it stop there. Don't repeat it. Everybody has the power to stop rumors. Everybody has the power to stop drama. But many people lack the ability You know why? Because people thrive so much in wanting to get the gossip that they're always surrounded by the drama. If your life is full of drama, mm -hmm, I'm going to get all up right there. I'm going to just stop while I still have somebody here. Everybody has the power to stop it. It's very simple. Don't participate in it. And if somebody wants to be negative and put in discord, put a stop to it. If they're not happy where they are, somebody else has got a seat they can hold down. I didn't say that out loud. Mark Twain, this is a really good time for me right here. It's a perfect time for that quote to come up when you put your mouth in gear. It's better to keep your mouth closed and let people think you're a fool than to open it up and remove all doubt. See, y'all already got it. They're already in on it. The fact is we're better together. Albert Einstein said, look deep into nature, you'll understand everything better. Do you know there's not one aspect of creation that doesn't depend on something else? Not one. Look at nature, it's all created perfect, but it's all created in unity. You know why? Because that's the will of God. God designed it that way. You know what else? God designed to be perfect in harmony together, the church the children of God, that we might reach the lost. That's why we're here. Go ye therefore into all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you, and lo, I'm with you always. You can't go preach the gospel until we got it right in here. Judgment begins in the house of the Lord. Here's where the confusion's got to stop. Here's where the love's got to grow. Here's where we got to come together as one, that God might use us to change them. Wayne Dyer said, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Boy, to be so short and simple, that's awful deep, man. I need to read that one again. If you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. He said, it's not really things I have a problem with. I mean, they are little things. It's really this one. It's really that one. And, and, and it's people. It's people. Everything you find if it wasn't for people, right? I mean, everything would be good if it just wasn't for people of which we are. Abraham Lincoln said, if I see a person that I don't like, then I must get to know that person better. Yeah. Profound wisdom, right? Tecumseh, is a Shawnee Indian chief. He was killed in the Battle of Thames, October 5th, 1813. But here's what he said. A single twig breaks. But the bundle of twigs is strong. Notice he didn't say anything about the size of the twig. He just said a single twig breaks. But what makes it strong? It is the bundle of twigs. Our text says that if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Who in here? You know, I went and got this out of the drawer on Thursday. And I just realized this morning, I got pink. I had no idea my wife was going to have me wear pink this morning. But God did, and he knows my wife wants me to match. So how many in here, I just need one. Who can break this piece of thread? i would like to come stand right here and demonstrate that for me. I need somebody to come break this piece of thread. Just one, somebody. Come on. Yeah, come in, come in. Come on over here. and you know. Don't be acting all nervous. You want to. You you're one of the singers. You can't be nervous in front. Now don't break it yet. Don't break it yet. Just hold on to it. Hold on to it. Tecumseh said that a single twig is easily broken. So I have a twig. Well, actually, it ain't a twig. It's a, a one quarter inch dial rod, but that's close enough to a twig. Can somebody that can break this twig come come here? Come here, brother. I should have brought more twigs. <laughs> Why didn't you come to the thread? Hulk Hogan. Don't break that yet. Don't break that yet. Okay. So a single strand is easily broken, right? So I want you to break it in the middle. How hard is it to break? Not too bad, is it? Yeah. So let me see your two pieces. I want them back. What about your twig, brother? I want you to break it dead in the middle. Don't cheat on me. Break it dead in the middle. How hard is it to break a twig? That's, That's not too bad, is it? Yeah, wasn't well, bad. Let me let me see your twig. I, I need to borrow that for a minute. I, I gotta I gotta I gotta fix them a little bit. So he says that a single twig is easy to break, but he says the bundle of twigs. The text says that, that, that one can be easily broken, that a threefold cord not so much. So so let's try two. let let's put these together, and we're still not anything complicated. But tell me if that's any harder to break than one. Maybe a little bit. wasn't too bad. What about the twigs? I'm going. We're going to be in trouble pretty quick. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know the hope come. I saw it. Right, I'm going to get you on leverage right now. I'm. I'm to Put an end to your show off. We not not got you down short where you don't have. It. Now if you break these. You really going to have a time next time because they're gonna be sure enough short. Now don't you just hold that, don't break that. Don't be over chewing on it neither. Don't be getting a weak none. So so it says a, a threefold cord. So if we take a thread and we put it together. But this says a threefold cord, so that means it's gotta be bound together. This is a great lesson for married couple when Christ is a center bond. Your marriage will be strong. A threefold cord is not easily broken. So break that one. Yeah, hand me that one back. Hand me that one back. I brought enough thread for you. I'm in trouble with him. A little harder. So do you know, do you know something? That is the exact same thread you just broke. You know the only thing different? It has friends standing beside it. Can you break your sticks? If you break those. Oh, I heard them crack. So what's different between the stick now and where the stick was? It's got friends standing beside it. You can have the sticks. You can have the thread. Have your mom sew your button back on something pink. There is strength in unity. The reason I brought up what I shared at the men's prayer meeting in a few weeks ago is because God brought that up to me again this week. God reminded me that He didn't say, I can't take you there. He said, I can't take you there yet. God didn't say, I can't take you where I need to take you. I can't take faith where I need to take faith. I can't take this body of believers to the place that I need to take them to do something great for his glory. God didn't say, I can't take you there. He reminded me, he said, I can't take you there yet. What that means is we're not ready yet. I wonder if anybody in here is pliable enough to let God change you. The Bible talks about when, when the potter had the clay on the wheel, that, that he had a vessel. He had a good-looking vessel just like you. But he marred the vessel to make it again a new vessel that seemed what? Good to the potter. doesn't matter what we want the vessel to look like. What does the potter want the vessel to look like? This is God's vessel. This is God's church. God's just got to do a little molding. To Shape us into what he wants us to be, Dale said this week i don't have a quote. I just remember what he said. I think it was Tuesday morning at a prayer at the staff meeting i think but but I heard him heard him say god i, I don't think we begin to see what you plan to do at faith i don't think we began to see the greatness of what you want to do i don't think we began to see sure we we've seen 98,000-something 90, souls saved through Judgment Journey over that many years. Sure, we've seen several thousand saved through He's Alive. We've seen hundreds of thousands saved in barbecue giveaways. Sure, we've seen God do a lot of things. What Dale said, I don't think we've, we've seen the tip of what God, of what you want to do. And here's what he said, I believe you have big things in store for us. And this is the part that really plugged into me because it connected with me. He said, I can feel it. That's not an exact quote. I'm I'm just telling you what what I heard him say. And the reason that registers is because I know what he's talking about. I I feel it. I have no doubt. I know God is looking for somebody. Uh, God said in the last days he would pour out his spirit. God is looking to pour out his spirit. God is looking to reach the lost, change lives, repair that that has been broken. God is looking to restore things that need mended. God's looking to do a great work, and he's going to do it through his people. And His people is who? It's us. We, we need to be praying for the churches around us. You need to be praying for First Baptist on the square. We need to be praying for Rosemont. We need to be praying for Calloway. We need to be praying for Franklin Road. We, we need to be praying for the church because we are the church. We're the body of Christ. We're not our enemy. I told you before I read it, we're not gangs. We're on the same side. And if we're going to win this town with the gospel of Jesus Christ, we need the church to shut up talking about each other and start praying for each other. But we can't worry about nothing over there This it starts in here. This body right here will never be any stronger than what we're willing to do together to allow God to shape us. So my question is who is in and who is out? Who is willing in here to allow God to, to take you, to, to take us not to where we want to go, but to where we need to go. I've told you before, God God taught me that, that the ministry has nothing to do with anyone doing everything. But everyone doing something. That's the ministry. That's all of us together. That's the hand, the eye, the foot, the tooth, the toenail. That's even. Well, I ain't going to say the dirt under it because the dirt don't belong there. That, that's all of us working together it, it is one. So... I'll just I'll just ask you pretty simple. If you really want to be what God wants you to be, and you want God to take you, shape you, mold you, make you into what you need to be, but here's an extra part. God, I, I want to be used in the church. I want to be a part of the body. I want to be a part of the family. I want to see us unified. I want to see us come together as one that you might use us to change the world with the gospel. If you're all in, you just want to be part of it. I just want you to stand right where you're at. You ain't got to go anywhere. You stand right where you're at. If you just want to be part. You, you got a card this morning. Everybody get a card this morning? Somebody answer that phone and tell them you go to Faith Baptist Church. We ain't never out by 12 o'clock. Tell them, tell them I'll call them back right after. You got a card this morning. And so God gave me something. You're going to get one of those cards. You know, Dale said there's a reason. It says week one. There's a reason. Each week you're going to get one of those for a little while. Because I feel like God wants us doing something together. So here's what we're going to do. You got your card? What does it say? Read one, read one chapter a day from the book of John. Listen, you can read 13, 14, 16, 24 books of the Bible if you want to every day. It don't make any difference. You can study for four hours. Whatever you do, keep doing. If, if you're reading the Bible through in a year, keep doing your Bible through in the year. I just want us to do something together. See, I believe there's strength in unity. And I believe God's looking to unify the church. What I want you to do tomorrow morning, Monday morning, read John one. That's all you got to do. Five minutes tops for first graders. Have your kids read. Listen, I, I've, I've given these to the middle school to hand out to the middle school. We're going to hand them out on Wednesday nights. To those that come here from other churches on Wednesday night, focus. on will hand them out. I want everybody, I want us all to do it together. Monday morning, John one. Tuesday morning, John two. Now, I'm going to give you a plug in from a couple of weeks ago. Here, here's your free out. Because some people, you may not have a daily reading habit. I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm trying to help you out. I'm not trying to tear you down. I'm trying to build you up. Edify one another. If you forget Monday morning because it's new, start Tuesday morning and read John 1.1. If you read Monday and Tuesday and you forget John 1.3 on Wednesday, if you can make it up, great, make it up. If you can't, it's okay. Father, forgive me for yesterday and pick up, pick up with the next. So our goal is to be back in here having read John 1, 7 next Sunday morning. And then we're going to get a new card. Anybody think you can do that? Now, what we've seen demonstrated is the weakness of one and the power of unity, right? Well, if one falls, woe to the one that falls and he has nobody to help him up. I want you to find somebody in this church. Well, I had to be in this church. You can send a text out. You can get your phone now and do it now. You don't, you don't have to put it off. I want you to get you an accountability partner. I mentioned this before, but listen, all you have to do is send your accountability partner a thumbs up, and he knows that means I read my text for today, and it reminds them to read theirs. But you know what it does? It puts strength in numbers. You, You need an accountability group, make it a group. I don't care how many you get in your group, but get somebody to help you. You know why? Because I believe it's important. I don't think we're going anywhere until we learn to read this book every day. I don't think we're going anywhere that we learn to pray every day, but then that's another message. So I want us to start tomorrow morning. Anybody in? Anybody thinking read John 1-1 tomorrow morning? Together as the family, as the body of faith, Baptist church, that God would bring us together, gel us together, unite us together. And I can't think of a way to be more united together than to read that book together. That in one accord we, we read this. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what God has in store. Can I, can I tell you that? I've asked God for a specific vision. I know there's something there. And, and he's not making that clear. And it's okay. Here's what I know. I know God has something in store. I know he's taking us somewhere. I know he has something for us to do. And I'm not sure what. And that doesn't bother me at all. It really doesn't matter to me what He wants us to do. I just want to do it. See, I think sometimes the problem is we want God to do something, but we have it pretty well detailed as to what we want. God, here's what I want to do, but I ain't going to Korea. God, here's what I'd like to do for you, but this is my limitations. See, I think you got to remove all that. I'll be honest, it really doesn't matter to me what God wants us to do. I just want to know what it is. But I do know this, it's going to take this body working together as one for God to do something greater. When we begin to grow together, we're going to begin to grow individually. Not only will I become stronger, but I'll become of great strength because I have so many friends standing beside me. Maybe you don't need me, that's okay. But I need you. I need to know you're praying every day. I'm praying for you. I need to know you're praying for me and my family. I need to know that there's a group together united as the body of Christ. Coming together as one. That's God I just want to be used. I was going to ask you if we could. But that was before Calloway broke out. 18 cases of COVID and a family had COVID and a few had COVID. And I don't want to subject any of you to great risk. So I'll leave things to yourself. The altar is open. As always, and you're welcome to pray however you see fit. I'm just not going to call the whole church to the altar like I have at times before, but I am going to ask you based on the stand of your own testimony. Let's just read this. Just read seven chapters together this week. Amen. If you want to pray, God, I need help in my family, help in my home. You want to pray for your friends. You want to pray for your family. You want to pray for this church. Altar's here. Use the altar. You can pray where you're at. There's no prayer. It can't be said right where you're standing.